What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lauren Ellis on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Lauren, I'm just going to toss it at you, start wherever you like with your story. Okay. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for starting this program because I have learned so much about um, infertility and I have been able to um, advocate for myself so much more because of the stuff I have learned on your on your show. And also, it has helped me so much um, getting over, not over, getting used to my grief, maybe I should say. So I'll just start off where it seems like everyone starts off with, um, and that is my husband and I's story. Um, We actually met when I was 10. Um, My parents was on vacation in Florida, and he lived in Florida, and we ended up being at the same church event. And... um, started we exchanged addresses because at the time we did not have cell phones and so um we was writing back and forth and that stopped of course because we were so young and but it was fun of course a couple letters and we ended up getting cell phones later on through our teenage years and reconnected and kept in touch talked about dating a couple times but never went that far and ended up at 19 started dating and by 20, we were married. <clears throat> so um, at 19, I had never been to an OBGYN. My mom had never really enforced it. So I remember being in a ton of pain one night. My periods have never been regular. Um, so that was not normal. I would go a month or two without having any period, and then I would leave for three weeks straight. I mean, that was just how I always have been. But at 19, I ended up, beginning of 19, I had a cyst burst. I did not even know I had cyst, but I was in extreme pain and ended up waiting for weeks. And my mom had decided to enforce me going to an OBGYN. So at that point, we went to an OBGYN. And of course, I was very nervous and I was scared because I had been bleeding for so long and had been in so much pain. She then told me that, you know, I asked her, of course, I was already dating at the time. And so um, I said, you know, when we do get married, will there be any problems with me having children? And she said, oh, no, everything looks great. And so I was like, I'm set, you know, I'm ready to go. Um, But she did say we need to start on birth control because to help get my periods regulated and to stop the bleeding. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to be getting married in a few months anyways, so let's do it. So it was like eight months I was on birth control. We ended up getting married. Um, Six months into the marriage, we decided we were going to go ahead and go off the birth control and whatever happened, happened. And not knowing um, when we decided we were going to start trying, I literally went off within the next month. We had talked about trying. I didn't realize I was already pregnant. 
Um, so literally the first month off of the birth control. Um, so I thought, well, Hey, this is great. No, no problem there. Um, did not realize it. I was cooking and, um, I lifted the a lid off of a roast that I was making in the crock pot. And oh my goodness, the smell, um, I almost threw up <laughs> right then and there. And I was like, something's not right. And then of course I realized I've had sore breasts for a while. And, um, so I thought, you know what, I'm taking a pregnancy test. So I went and got a pregnancy test. It was positive. Of course, I did not know what in the world to do. So I called my doctor. And so I came in and they did a urine test and that came back positive, of course. My numbers was good. Um, I ended up starting, I was always crampy, always bloaty filling, but I thought that was normal because of course, I'm never going to have a miscarriage, right? I mean, no one ever thinks that. Um, so one night at work, I actually worked at the hospital. Um, I was cleaning in surgery and I was in so much pain in my lower back. And I was like, what in the world is this? So I started looking up symptoms. And as soon as I started looking up symptoms, and I said, when you're pregnant, immediately it said miscarriage. And I was like, no, no, there's no way. And within half hour to an hour, I started bleeding and I started, you know, freaking out. Um, so again, of course, if you look close enough, you're always going to find on the internet that there is, um, you are miscarrying or no, you're not. Everything's normal. Um, and by the end of the night though, I did, um, miscarry at work. And I remember coming out of the bathroom and our break room and we were all on lunch and I was just actually we were on break. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I was bawling. And one of my coworkers, I was actually um, a supervisor. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I think I just miscarried. And, you know, of course, they're like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I'm just bawling. I mean, like, I can't hardly breathe. I'm crying so hard. And um, I came home. And, of course, my husband worked first. So he was already in bed. And so... I don't remember if I told him that night because he was asleep um, or if I waited the next morning. But of course, as soon as I called it, my doctor, of course I had to come in and they wanted to do an ultrasound. Um, and I had, I think the reason why I had already, why I miscarried that night, because this happened both times. Um, I had an ultrasound that morning because I had been so crampy. <clears throat> And so I had had my numbers taken a couple times, my HCG. Um, they said everything was normal. Everything was good. I couldn't see a doctor though, because at my hospital, our OBGYN is on a floor in our, in our hospital and they don't see you until you're 12 weeks. Um, so until I hit that mark, there was no reason they would not see me at all. They would subscribe, you know, blood work, get my HCG and that was it. So... Um, after my vaginal ultrasound, um, of course, that's whenever all that stuff happened that same night. Um, so we decided that was at six weeks. We miscarried that six weeks. Um, the next morning after they had told me, you know, you have miscarried. I was home from work. My husband was at work. I remember literally having a panic attack. I've never had one before. I was in our little apartment <clears throat> and I was screaming and crying because I, I could not breathe. Um, just thinking my world had come to an end because how, I mean, I, at the time had not really known of anyone to have a miscarriage. Um, 
So they told us we had to wait for three months and um, we decided, you know, after three months, we were ready for this again because everyone had, you know, reassured us that this only happens once. Um, so it would never happen again. So let's try it. Um, so our first month was a fail and that kind of made me scared, but I was like, you know, it's okay. Um, I was using a period tracker. So of course with my periods being off, they had normalized after my, um, after being on birth control and after being pregnant, but they weren't a hundred percent normal by no means. Um, second month trying, we ended up being pregnant again. So I remember I took the test. Of course, I was still working seconds. And of course, my husband was working first and which made it hard as well because we only seen each other really on the weekends. I mean, we seen each other, but we were asleep in bed seeing each other. Um, so I remember taking the test when I came home from work one night. Um, I had sore breasts and I knew I was pregnant. And I took the test and as soon as it came up positive, I went into the room and I was jumping up and down on the end of the bed. Um, waking my husband up to tell him that we were pregnant again. Of course, never a question in my mind that we would miscarry again. Um, but the same thing happened. I started cramping and then I started spotting, but they kept saying my numbers was good. I went in for a couple ultrasounds. Um, they said they thought they seen a heartbeat. I'm not for sure how you think you see that, but they thought they did. Um, but I decided to change doctors through all of this because I felt like they didn't care about me. Um, I had still never seen a doctor. Um, I had talked to them on the phone to let them know, you know, they've letting me know that I've miscarried. But besides that, and them giving, you know, doing blood work for me, I have never seen a doctor and never had um, really had a conversation about one because I was not using the same OBGYN that um, I had when I was 19. So um, I had, let me read my notes here. My ECG was still, was still good. Um, after they thought they seen the heartbeat, again, I was switching to a higher risk doctor. Um, and immediately as soon as I was switching, I mean, this was within a week, um, they started doing testing and they did an ultrasound and, um, they asked, you know, they thought they seen a heartbeat and I said, yeah. And so she said, you know, we need all their records and we'll do an ultrasound here. And so they did an ultrasound and no, there's still no heartbeat. Um, but you're still a little early. I was like five and a half, six weeks. And so they said, it's not a huge deal. Um, everything looks normal in there, but I never, they never gave me pictures. So I'm not for sure how normal that was. Um, I ended up getting a call from my old doctor and cause again, I, I, this was within a week I had had blood work done at my old doctor and they called me to ask me if I had miscarried yet. And I said, I'm sorry. I was at work and I like, have you miscarried yet? And I said, no, why am I, what's going on? And she said, well, your numbers have dropped and you should have already started bleeding and miscarrying. And I said, no. Um, and so right then I was like, I'm done with this place. Like, this is so rude. Like I, I mean, I was just horrified. Um, cause just before they thought they had seen a heartbeat, my numbers was good. And now within a few days, like three days, it was, you're done. Um, so I called my new doctor and I told him what they said. And of course they apologized and, um, they would get more blood work. And, but of course, unfortunately I was miscarrying. Um, I went in for an ultrasound, everything had cleaned out fine. So we didn't do, um, a DNC. 
Um, my new doctor, I'd actually seen doctors. Uh, so we tried a couple rounds of Clomid. None of them worked because um, they had decided that I was not ovulating. Um, by this time, me going to the doctor and us trying different things. Of course, it was just the OBGYN, so they didn't try a whole lot. Um, it spans out to two, two and a half years of us having no positive whatsoever after being pregnant twice, back to back, no problems getting pregnant, um, no medication to help getting pregnant. All of a sudden, we can't get pregnant. Um, so my OBGYN said, you know, you're not ovulating, so let's start you on Clomid. Again, that didn't work, so they upped it, still didn't work. She said, I can only up it one more time. Um, that's as high as I can go, and that's really all I do. Um, so she tried it, um, upping it for the third time and I still did not get pregnant. Whether I ovulated on it, I don't know. Um, I was using ovulation tests, but honestly, um, I didn't really know how to use it. Um, I was still by this time I'm 22, maybe 23. Um, so I did not really know how to read it. No one had really explained it to me. Uh, my parents or my mom had never, you know, she's not dealt with miscarriages. Um, come to find out she did, they called a ghost pregnancy. Of course, this has been years ago, but you have a positive test. And from my understanding, it's probably now known as a missed miscarriage. Um, she had a positive test and went in. Her blood work was good, but they didn't do an ultrasound because it was too early. And then within... Oh, two weeks, it was done. Um, she never called it a, she never called it um, a miscarriage. They just called it a ghost pregnancy or a false positive or something. I don't know. Um, so my, in the meantime, my doctor at my OBGYN had moved practices. So I got a new doctor in the same practice. Um, and he was nice, but I'm sure he's like most doctors, you have a good bedside manner if you have a good pregnancy, but for infertility, um, he wasn't, he's just not the kind of doctor, but he, he's very nice and very genuine. Um, and so I didn't feel weird around him. I just felt like we didn't connect. Um, but he immediately did not try anything. Um, he just asked me a lot of questions about, you know, my previous miscarriages and stuff. Um, I did not think I had infertility issues. I just thought I had had a couple of miscarriages. And so he said, you know, there's nothing more that I can do for you. He said, my job here is for after you're pregnant and to help you get through the pregnancy and deliver a baby, not to help you get pregnant. And so he said, I have a doctor friend of mine um, that is a reproductive endocrinologist and I'm going to refer you to him because I have reached my end. Well, of course, immediately I started like, you know, I've hit my end. Um, I'm now having to be sent to a fertility clinic. And this is, you know, awful because life has ended. Um, I can't have a child, you know, and just, just kind of spun out of control. So we waited six months before we went to the infertility clinic thinking that we could do this on our own. And I've always been overweight, so I started you know, dieting and trying to exercise to try to take care of this. And um, that did not work. And so we decided, you know, of course, my insurance doesn't pay for a whole lot of, um, of the treatment at a fertility clinic. So we knew that was going to have to be fronted as well. And so we were saving on that as well. So we decided we were going to go ahead and start going to the RE. Um, we went very nice guy. He's probably in his mid seventies. He is very elderly, but he is very, very nice. Um, he made me feel like there was a sense of hope immediately. Um, 
we walked in and he's like, you know, how old are you guys? And we were like 25 and he's like, 25, that is so young. And uh, we're like, yeah, we've been trying for, by this time, it's um, been four years <laughs> and um, had two miscarriages. So we tell him our history and he's not worried. He's like, we're going to get you a baby. And his, he, he just made us feel like there was hope again. And that, that was a help if nothing more that they, you know, we could do this. So he said, obviously Clomid is not working and the mood swings and the hot flashes that come with it are awful. So he said, we're going to do some different stuff. So we, he started us on Samara. Um, and the, it was like five days worth, three pills a day for five days of chemotherapy medicine. I'm not sure the name of it, but, um, I have to take five days of that. And then I start my progesterone and then I have to go in for an ultrasound. They check my follicles. Um, and then they would give me a shot. Um, actually I, they only give me one. I've administered every other one of them. Um, because every single time I go, it seems like my follicles are either too small or too big. Only once have they been actually perfect, um, for them to give it to me there. So I have to give it to myself. And then 36 hours later, we have to have intercourse. Um, so they did a lot of testing there. They did a test and I should have wrote this down, but I did not. Um, they did a lot of blood work. The test they did was where they um, put liquid up inside of, inside of me, I don't know, and they checked around. I don't know. We got really comfortable really fast with that doctor. Um, very, you know, just like, well, here we are. Um, but everything looked good, he said. Um, I did check with him, actually, last time I went to ask him about um, some stuff that I had heard on the podcast here. Um, he said my thyroid was good, but I went ahead and checked my numbers again, but they were good. Um, cause I thought, you know what, you had that problem. So maybe I'll just ask. Um, he should know, but I'll ask. And so he was, um, it was kind of funny. I had a little notepad of questions and I said, I've come prepared. And he said, good. You know, I was like, I'm going to advocate for myself and we're going to do this. And so of course I have no idea what I'm talking about, just what the questions I have. And I have done some research on the questions I have, but that's it. Um, and so I'm asking him these questions and he just starts shooting back at me. Like, you know, well, if you believe in this, or if you want to try this, have you thought about this? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and so my husband's just looking at me and I'm like, you know, all I have is this paper. So I'm just reading off a paper. And so I think he had thought I'd done more research than what I did, but, um, back to, um, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get ahead of myself. So back up. Um, so the first round of the um, tomorrow did not work. Um, second round did work. Um, but I got my positive at two weeks and two days. Um, and literally it was my shortest pregnancy that I had had. Um, we were supposed to, I was supposed to test on Sunday and I had totally forgotten about it. And, um, it was Sunday afternoon. I was supposed to check that morning. I'm like, man, I have to have that morning urine. And I was like, I have to get a pregnancy test, but I didn't want to like worry my husband because he is very emotional with this as well. Um, so I went and got a, bought a pregnancy test and 
there came with two. Um, and so the next morning I thought I'm going to hide this in my purse. And he didn't know I had went and got it. And I, for some, I, I knew I was pregnant Sunday night at church. I knew I was pregnant, um, without even taking the test. I just felt it. And I ended up taking the test Monday morning and it was positive. And I was so shocked because this was my first positive in two and a half years. Um, actually maybe three years by this time. Um, I was so shocked but at the same time. I knew I was pregnant. If that makes sense. I was just like, Oh my goodness, this is positive. Um, I did not tell my husband and that was a big mistake. Um, so I was like, you know what? This is the one I am pregnant. I have not been pregnant for so long. This is going to be it. And so I immediately, you know, it's stupid on my end, I guess, but immediately you forget you've already had two miscarriages and this can very, very well happen again. Um, I get on Amazon, I'm looking at on Etsy, I'm looking, uh, you know, all these little different sites trying to um, find a cute onesie to announce to the family. And my coworker has a cricket, and I'm like, you know what, I can get some white onesies and she can print out on the onesies and this is going to be so fun. And um, so I ended up ordering two onesies, one for my parents and one for his parents, grandparents to let them know and one for him. Um, so here comes the onesies in the mail. And I had not told him, of course, because it was like four or five days to get these onesies. And I was just going to wrap it up. And that was going to be so cute. I had never had a cute announcement. And this was going to be, like I said, the one. And I came home from work one night. And um, my onesie hadn't even got here. And for him, my one for the parents had, but not for him yet. And I had started bleeding at work and I knew immediately I had already started cramping. Um, I was three weeks and, um, I had been going for blood work every other day. Um, that week he did not know I kept leaving early for work, telling him I had errands to run and I was going to get blood work done. Um, like I said, my numbers was doubling like they should have. And then all of a sudden it was not. Um, so I came home from work and I told him, I was like, you need to sit down. He's like, what? And so we fell on the couch together and I said, I just started bawling. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, I'm pregnant, but I'm miscarrying. And that was probably the hardest thing was to tell your husband that you were pregnant. Such exciting news to tell him in the same sentence that it was already done and over with. And it hurt me. It hurt him because he wasn't a part of that pregnancy whatsoever. Um, he wasn't able to be happy about it even a day because like I said, at the same time I was telling him that I was pregnant and I had told him I was miscarrying. Um, so of course he's, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I have a onesie ordered. Whew, I'm sorry. I've never told this story, um, from start to finish before. So, um, anyways, so he said, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. So, um, of course I ended up miscarrying. I knew those, I knew those symptoms. I knew those fillings and I miscarried here at home. Um, my RE told us that after our first cycle, we could try again. Um, so of course we were ready to try as soon as we um, could. Um, we did the Fomara again and I got pregnant the first time. Um, so literally within two months, I had went through a miscarriage. We had went a clear month, got pregnant again, 
um, of course I, I work. And so that's a whirlwind at work and telling everyone and, um, the people you work with know you more than your family does because I shared more with them than I share with my family. Um, because you know, I'm going to get blood work throughout the day and I'm going to get ultrasounds and my RE is an hour away. So for me to go for appointments or go for ultrasounds, because at this point I'm still at his, I'm under his care. Um, I'm having to take off work or leave work early or come in late or leave early. And so it's an hour there, an hour back, and then, of course, the appointment. And so it's like an all-day ordeal every time. Um, so it, it has been a pain in the neck, I, I will say that. And, of course, oh, my goodness, the bills. Um, I feel like that's something that I feel like no one talks about for miscarriage or infertility treatment is like, oh, we tried this, then oh, we tried that. And I'm like, uh, where do you guys work at? Because get me on because <laughs> um, it's crazy expensive, um, you know, like between having my first doctor that I had, you know, ultrasounds and blood work through, I have those bills and then I have my OBGYN bills and now I have my RE bills. And of course, through all this, I'm getting blood work at my old, at my hospital where my old OBGYN is. So I'm adding onto a bill there while I'm still adding onto a bill at my RE. And it's like, it's crazy. And of course, the hospitals are better with it than the RE because I think you can pay off a bill like three years or so with the hospital. But the RE, you have to have a a mine you have to have a zero balance before they will start treatment again um so we were i mean uh, like trying our best to just get everything going because i felt like if we're not if we're not doing this then we're you know we're stalling for time and i in my mind you know i want children and i would love to have four children and um my youth is getting away from me and so i have all this stuff you know going through my mind. And so I feel like I have to do everything's on my shoulders to have this child, but I'm, am doing everything I can do, but it's still not enough. Um, so it's, anyways, that was a long story to say it was, it's very expensive. Um, but the fourth time I got pregnant, so this is my fourth, um, pregnancy at this point. Um, everything started going good. This was my first real, real pregnancy at the RE. The first one was the one I miscarried at three weeks. Really, it was so fast. We didn't have time to do anything. Um, I mean, I was on, I was on uh, progesterone and that's it. Um, I mean, there was nothing they could do. So my fourth um, pregnancy, everything was good. I was, of course, already on my progesterone. Um, I it did not have, this was a different one than every other pregnancy. I did not have any cramping. Um, but I will say, and now looking back, um, and of course, listening to the podcast, I have heard so many people talk about when they're about to miscarry that they're like swollen and they look a lot more pregnant than what they are. Um, I did not think that at the time, but I mentioned to my mom, I'm like, mom, like I am like running out of clothes already. And at this point, um, I was like 10 weeks, but I'm getting ahead of myself, but at 10 weeks, I had literally went up two sizes, um, and like the two sizes I was like using a rubber band to hold my clothes together because it was so, I was like, 
I was out of clothes already. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm overweight. I should not, I'm not going to be showing. And if so, I'm going to be showing like six months, seven months, like not, not this early. And so my mom was like, are you, are like for real? And I'm like, yes, mom. She's like, well, have you gained weight? I hadn't gained any weight. Um, I actually had lost a couple pounds because of being nauseous. And so now looking back, I think at that point in time is whenever it started going downhill, even though my numbers wasn't showing it, just listening to the podcast. So anyways, going back, um, I, we seen the, we seen the heartbeat at four weeks. Um, no, I'm sorry. We seen the heartbeat at six weeks. Um, and they told us it was too early to hear it, but they did see the heartbeat. Um, and so we went back at eight weeks. My mom was there for the six week appointment. She had never been to an ultrasound with me. Um, they don't have any grandchildren. And so this, every single pregnancy is like a, it's like a roller coaster for her as well. Um, and so immediately on this pregnancy, I did not do what I did the last time I told my husband, of course, um, I told his parents, his grandparents, maybe I should say, and my mom and dad, because I wanted all the prayers I could get. Um, I didn't even tell my siblings and just to try to get, like I said, as much prayer as we could get all of them. I did not because I wanted to keep my heart closed to this one because I felt like I couldn't take another one, another miscarriage. And so, um, I was pretty nonchalant about it. In fact, I didn't even look at the heartbeat, um, at my six week appointment. And then I thought, you know what, it's going to happen again. If, um, as long as I don't miscarry, I'm going to see it again. It's not a big deal. I don't, I don't want to get close to this pregnancy, even though I wanted the pregnancy so bad, I didn't want to get so attached that, um, it hurt. Um, cause I thought I could take care of that, you know? Um, so my mom was standing there beside us and he's like, Oh, there's a heartbeat. And my mom's like, where, where, you know? And she's like, you see that? And I'm like, yeah. Um, I did not see it. Um, but I acted like I did. Um, I just could not bring myself to see it, to look at it. Um, she is crying and she's like, Lauren, isn't that so happy? Doesn't make you so happy. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it does because it had never happened before, but I was again, so scared and knew like, you know, what could happen. Um, um, eight weeks, we went back with my husband. Um, we was able to hear the heartbeat. Um, the numbers was great. I think it was 164, something like that. Um, but they were continuing doing blood work. So they said everything looked great, but they did see a, um, oh my goodness, I thought I wrote this down. I did a subchorionic bleed. Um, and they told me about it, said it wasn't a big deal, that it would most likely just go back into the placenta, not to worry about it. Um, of course, again, this pregnancy, I didn't have any cramps. Um, I was nauseous at times, but I did not throw up. Um, but I, of course, had the sore breast. Um, and I had never not had a pregnancy that I didn't have cramps. So this one was like, you know, I thought, you know what, this one might be the one. Um, my husband went with me at an eight-week appointment. We seen the, the, heard the heartbeat, seen the heartbeat. I actually did hear and see that one. Um, through doing the blood work there, they realized that my progesterone was low. 
Um, they said they like it to be at least 20 or 21, and it was 17. Um, so I was taking one progesterone um, a day, and so they changed it from one pill in the morning to one pill in the morning and one at night. Um, so at that point in time, this is like within two or three days. Um, it, of course, it made me very constipated and very tired, and they told me that. And they took my blood work, and it was still um, dropping. My numbers was at 15 at this point. Um, so they gave me the option. She said, you can either take two in the morning and one depository at night, which I had never done, um, or just take the one orally. But she said, I would do it a depository because otherwise we don't, you know, vaginally because that should go directly um, into your cervix and that should take care of it like it should you should be good and so we're like you know it should, should dissolve, dissolve right where it needs to be at she said because some women whenever they take the medicine that it is such a low dosage to get it in a pill form that it dissolves before it even gets to where it needs to go um and she said or you can just take care of it and one once a day and as a shot in oil in oil form and so I thought, you know what, this is ridiculous. Like, I am so tired. I am so constipated. Um, I am, you know, one in the morning at one at night, much less two in the morning and, you know, one at night. And I did not want to do it vaginally. I'm like, this is, this is, this is crazy. You know, um, I thought it was crazy because <laughs> I had never went to those extreme measures, um, not knowing what I was about to encounter. Um, so we decided to do the oil form and I started taking the one shot a day. Of course, I could not give that to myself um, because it was on my rear end. <laughs> um, so my husband um, got really familiar with a needle. Um, he had never done that before. It grosses him out, um, kind of scares him because he thought he was going to hurt me. Um, and it did hurt, um, but we did. And so I ended up, of course, with the lovely knots all over me, um, and of course, that was a scary experience, but um, around nine weeks, I started bleeding, and they, I didn't have any cramps, though, and I'm like, this is weird, like, this is done, and I'm done, like, it's over, and um at my, I was released at my eight-week ultrasound after we had heard the heartbeat, um, my OB, they released me. Um, my OB never checked my levels um, besides once. I never even got the results for that because I ended up miscarrying before they even got them. So between eight weeks and 11 weeks, so only three weeks, but it, it seemed like a lot longer than that. Um, they never drew blood. Um, like I said, I started bleeding. And I called my OB because I was released. Um, and they were like, you know, let's come in for an ultrasound, see what's going on. Um, and so I went in and they said, you know, oh, it's that subchorionic bleed. Everything looks good. The only problem is that the bleed is like three times or four times the size of the pregnancy itself. And so what we need to worry about now is if it breaks loose, that it usually washes out the baby because it's so much bigger than the baby. And so she said the, um, the, and this was my, um, ultrasound tech that was telling me this. Um, she said 
what we need now is every single week that you go, the lower your chances are for pregnancy be, or for miscarriage because you're, the child, the baby is growing like it should. Um, which of course this is farther than we've ever got. I lost my, um, first one at six, my second one at seven, my third one at three. So by this time, you know, we're, we're nine weeks and I'm like, man, I've got this beat, you know, this is, this is actually going to happen. And so they had kept, just kept reassuring me and they kept giving me ultrasound pictures and everything looked good. And of course they're, you know, look at the little heartbeat. It's just beating away. And of course I was like, yeah, you know, this is awesome. And so we were actually getting excited about it. I had opened myself up to it. We started looking at, we talked, started talking about names and I started looking at decorations because I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get our, the room start, you know, the room started. And, um, so I, ended up bleeding a couple times, like two times, went back for another ultrasound. They said, you know, I'm sure it's fine. Of course it was again. Um, and then one day I came home from work, I was sitting on the couch and I felt like something and I was like, Oh my word, is that blood? Like it was a lot. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And of course, immediately I thought miscarriage. Um, I'm having a miscarriage right now, even though I was in no pain. Um, not cramping wise, I was in a little bit of pain, but it wasn't cramping. It was pressure more than anything. Um, I stood up and I, oh my goodness, it was like someone had popped a balloon, like a water balloon. Um, I just started gushing. Um, I had never had that before. Um, so I stood up by the time I got stood up, it was gushing so bad. It was running down my legs. It was a pool in the floor. It went all over the couch, all over our ottoman. And of course, immediately I started calling for my husband, like screaming for him. And he comes running he's like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, and he just looks down. And of course I'm standing in a pool of blood and he's like, go to the shower. Um, and so of course he doesn't do blood. And so I was like, um, like, I'm going to have to come out here and clean it up, you know? And so I'm waddling to the shower and thankfully we have hardwood floors and our bathroom is tile. So it didn't ruin anything. Um, I'm just trailing blood as I'm going to the bathroom. Um, I get to the bathroom and by the time I could get my clothes off to get into the shower, there was another pool of blood sitting in on our tile and I'm just bawling my eyes out because I'm miscarrying, you know? And so I get in the shower and I'm just crying in the shower. And I, I kept telling my husband, like something, like something's weird. Like I'm bleeding and I have pressure, but I'm not hurting. I'm not, I'm not cramping. I mean, I, I went through three miscarriages. I know the pain that it, that it is. Um, and so it was very weird. And so of course it was at night, so I couldn't call my doctor. Um, so I called my doctor um, the next morning, actually this was on a Friday night. We had to wait till Monday. Um, I called the doctor and I told him what was going on. And she's like, you know, first off, let's check your levels. Um, so I went, got blood work and she's like, your numbers are still rising. Everything's looking good. Um, and so I was like, you know what? They're like, you know, it's just that subchorionic bleed. If you want to come in for an ultrasound, that's fine. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. So I went for the ultrasound. Everything looked good. Um, I was still bleeding a little. 
and I apologize to the you know tech because she's having to do it vaginally and I'm like this is so uncomfortable and um so but again baby's heartbeat was strong everything looked good it was measuring where it needed to be at um so I came home and I thought you know what that was crazy but we're good and I did end up gushing one other time besides that but I didn't even call the doctor because I thought this is my fourth time bleeding by this time I know what it is. I'm still not in any pain. It dried up within a day. Um, so we ended up um, at my 11-week appointment. No, I had a 10-week appointment, and that was everything was fine. Um, I was 11 weeks, like 11 and a half. Um, I had a 12-week appointment scheduled, and I was supposed to be meeting with a doctor, and we were supposed to be going over with, like, our treatment plans and all this stuff, and, of course, you're safe. You're safe when you hit 12 weeks or 13, whatever, but you're safe. You're in your second trimester. You are good to go, and so we had already decided, like, we're going to tell the family. Well, in the meantime of all this, like, you know, we're safe. This pregnancy is good. We never made it this far. We want to find out the gender, um, so we did the blood work. Um, and found out we were having a little boy and of course we were overjoyed and of course the more you find out the longer it goes the closer you get to this child um, so we ended up giving him a name and we named him Jackson um, and so of course it stopped being referred to as the baby but you know Jackson and it was a human and all this stuff and um, so we told my my family my brothers and their wives and my husband's um, um, dad and stepmom and his mom and his grandma. I told my grandma, and we were all on a gender reveal. Of course, all this coronavirus started at all this time as well. Um, so we couldn't even be together. And so I'm trying to figure out what we can do. And um, so we ended up using Zoom, and we had, like, 12 people on there. So, of course, it the quality was awful, and people wasn't seeing everything, and it was awful. Um, getting everyone on there at the right time and of course you have these older people that never have used it and um it was a mess and so we finally um we did the gender reveal and told him it was a little boy and told him his name um and my grandparents uh, my mother's maiden name is parrot and so we named him jackson parrot ellis um after my grandparents and um we wanted to call him jack um, but, um, at 11 and a half weeks, I came home from work one night. Um, I ended up working around the yard and I was picking up sticks and I started not feeling so good. And so I thought, you know what, I'm done for the night. And I came in the house and I sat down and as soon as I sat down, I started bleeding. And so I stood up and I went to the bathroom and I was like, I'm bleeding again, you know, something's not right, but this time my stomach, I, I, the pain started, I started cramping, um, but it wasn't like, it was more dull cramps, it wasn't any sharp pain, um, but of course this was like seven o'clock at night, so the OBGYN is already closed, of course, um, so this was Wednesday, um, yeah, it was Wednesday. Um, I ended up, we came in here at 8, and I told my husband, I'm like, you know, something, this isn't right. Something's wrong. And he's like, you know, no, it's not. Whatever. We'll go to the doctor. Everything's been fine this whole time. I, you know, 
And I'm like, I shouldn't have been out there picking up sticks immediately. You know, I've done something wrong. I shouldn't have been picking up sticks. And he's like, well, it's just fine. You know, everything's going to be fine. And so, um, it kind of slowed down. The bleeding kind of slowed down. The pain subsided a little. Um, but by 10 o'clock, it was full blown. Uh, I was bleeding really hard. Um, I was in so much pain. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get my shower. and I'm going to go to bed. That will help me relax. And so, um, I got my shower, got in the bed. My husband was already in bed. Um, and I was in so much pain. It felt like someone had beat me over the stomach with a baseball bat. Um, I did not realize at the time because I had never went through this, um, at an ex- so extreme, um, that I was having contractions. Um, I was laying on my back and they would come in waves and I remember clenching onto the, to the sheets and like could not breathe. And this, you know, my husband's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, just breathe are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, and like when it would hit, I remember like drawing up, my body drawing up because I was so in so much pain and then it would relieve and I would, you know, stretch back out. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. And then it, within three or four minutes, it was, it was again. Um, I mean, time after time after time. And I am not the type of person, like I'll go to the OBGYN, but I don't go to the hospital. Um, I don't have a doctor. I still don't have a family doctor. Um, I just, I don't do that kind of stuff. And, um, he's like, do we need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, we can't cause it's coronavirus. And, um, so I call the hotline, um, they all call a doctor for my OBGYN. And, um, so they're like, well, we'll have the doctor call you. Don't call doctor, call you. So she called and she's like, of course had no idea of my situation whatsoever. And I was very cold and, um, they said, uh, she said, if you can make it through the night, she said, take a thousand milligrams of Tylenol. If you can make it through the night, we'll schedule you first thing in the morning for an appointment for the OBGYN to get you in an office by yourself where you're not exposed. Um, if you can just make it through the night, can you make it through the night? And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can make it through the night. By this time it's 11 o'clock as I'm still, you know, um, having contractions every few minutes. And, um, so I took Tylenol and I thought, you know what, I can do this. And, um, it ended up, I obviously helped a little because I ended up falling asleep. I woke up a few times in pain. Um, and of course I was still bleeding, but, um, I was able to get a little bit of sleep. I, I mean, not much, but it was a little bit of sleep. So first thing I was already waiting for my doctor to open. I called, they set up an appointment first thing. Um, I went in and they, um, they said that we'll get you to a room. So they brought the Doppler in. I had always had vaginal, but by this time I'm 11 and a half weeks, they should be able to maybe use a Doppler. Um, so they used it, couldn't find a heartbeat. Um, and then he said, Oh, nope, there it was. And so he started going back over again and he's like, uh, I think that might've been your heartbeat. He said, but I'm positive. I heard the baby's heartbeat. And he said, so don't worry. He said, let me go get another machine. So I'm like, you know, I'm gushing blood. So like, I'm like, this is done and over with. I've been in so much pain all night. There is no way like this, this I'm done. And, um, not knowing, I think it would have maybe helped me not 
be so scared. But in my follow-up visit after I had, after everything, he said, you know, most people, most women do bleed out the, um, the bleed, the subchorionic bleed. It usually does bleed out. It, it, a lot of times it does not absorb and, um, like it's supposed to. And he said, a lot of times you will feel like you were miscarrying. And I'm like, you know, that would have helped, I think. But again, I was in so much pain. Like I knew I was miss, I knew it was over. Um, and of course my mom, she couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't accept it. You know, it was just, it, there were every excuse that it, it was going to be okay. And at the same time, I'm like, well, you just listen to me. It is done. <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't think that, you know? And, um, so we ended up getting the other machine in there. He still couldn't find the heartbeat. And so he's like, you know, pat me on the leg. It's okay. Of course, my husband cannot be in here for this because of the coronavirus. It was just me. I'm wearing a mask. I'm bawling my eyes out. I have snot running down my face, all under my mask. And I mean, it's just awful. Um, and so he said, let me see if we have um, an opening to get you an ultrasound, a vaginal ultrasound. And so I'm like, okay. So I waited 40 minutes sitting on my bed, um, of course, bleeding and so much pain, bawling my eyes out. Um, of course, I was bloated. I couldn't even button my skirt. Um, and so we go back to, that was embarrassing, you know. Um, so we go back and she does the ultrasound and she's looking and looking. And um, the doctor was standing by my side and he was holding my hand and had one hand on my shoulder and holding my hand. And um, of course, because I'm by myself. And which is the worst thing. I it just, it's awful. I don't care any, I don't care what's going on. You need your partner. Um, but either way, he wasn't there. He was out in the car waiting, which had to have been awful for him. Um, and she's looking and she's like, I'm so sorry, honey. There's, there's no heartbeat. And, um, of course I already knew that I was already bawling my eyes out. The baby was still there, but there was no movement. And, um, so of course I'm laying there, try not to cry. Um, because I knew when I started, I, it was done, but I couldn't help it. And I was just trying to breathe and not hyperventilate. And so she gave me some pictures. And so I was like, you know, what do we need to do? And he said, well, you can let this go on its own. Um, take care of itself. We can give you a medicine, um, or we can do the DNC with you being this far along. That's totally up to you, but um, we'll let you. You know, you you decide. And so I said, okay, I'll call you. And he said, okay, well, you call us. Let you know. Let us know what you want to do, and we'll set up whatever we need to do. <clears throat> and so, of course, he let me know they would be canceling all my appointments that I had because I had an appointment the next week. Um, since I no longer needed that. And, um, I remember walking out to the car and trying to keep it together. And I got in the car and my husband, of course, is waiting there for answers because he has no idea what's going on. <coughs> and, uh, I just, I, I sort of, I mean, I was bawling and I was like, it's over. It's done. Um, there was no heartbeat. And, um, of course my OBGYN is 45 minutes away. So, um, we ended up coming, I had, you know, we drove back home and I said, we got to figure out, we got to decide what we want to do. And, um, he's like, well, you know, whatever you want to do is, it's, you know, it's your decision. And I said, well, I've never had a DNC, but in my mind, <clears throat> if I could get rid of the baby, um, 
it would sever the ties. I would no longer have any attachment to it. It would just take care of everything. Like as soon as I got it out, I was going to be good and we can start back to trying again. Like that was my thought, like the sooner the better. And so I told my husband, I said, I want to do the DNC. Um, and so he said, that's fine. So we called and he said, well, my soonest appointment we have is tomorrow morning at seven. Um, can you do that? And I said, yeah, we can do that. And so I said, are you sure you can't do it any sooner? He said, no, that's the first time that the, um, OR is open for me to be able to do that. You'll go to the hospital. And of course your husband cannot be with you. Um, which is just the news that you want to hear. Um, and so I was in pain. Of course I was bleeding and I did not want to go through another night like I had the night before. Um, I was so tired. And, um, so I came home and of course I'm just bawling my eyes out and I'm letting my mom know. And I asked her, you know, if, um, they did not believe me, my parents, nor my, my husband's grandparents believed me because they were so sure that this was the one. And so my husband's grandparents, she said, uh, his grandma said, you better tell them that you want another, another ultrasound before you have that DNC because that they're wrong. That baby's good. And I'm like, no, there was no heartbeat. Like we, there was nothing like we're done. Like there was no heartbeat. This is, this is done. Um, but them not grasping it did not help it. It actually made it worse because you were trying to, it was like, you were trying to sell them on a story that your child was gone. And the more you talked about it, the harder it was. And it was just rough. Um, but anyways, um, so that night, of course, I was bleeding. I was still in a lot of pain, but nothing like Wednesday night. This was Thursday. Um, so we went in Friday uh, morning for the um, DNC. They told me to go to the main entrance of the hospital. Um, the OR was right there. So we get there. We go to the hospital, and the hospital was shut down because of the coronavirus. They're not opening um, besides the ER. They're not open. They're like, you have to go around. And so I'm like, great. So we had to get in the car, pull all the way around the hospital, go into the ER. Of course, they have no idea why I'm there. Um, so I'm having to tell them I'm there for a DNC. So then they call it a surgery. There's no one even in surgery yet. Um, so he, the security guard was like, I'll walk you over there to surgery. We'll sit you down there and I'll wait with you until someone's there um, because I don't know what's going on. So we walked all the way through the hospital to the front of the building where I was at in the first place um, to sit by myself in an empty um, waiting room for about a half hour. They came out and got me. Um, everything went good there. We had the DNC. Um, of course, I was not in the state of mind to be making any decisions. And with my husband not being there, I had to. Um, so they were wanting to know what they wanted to do with the baby. Either I could um, take it home with me. Um, they could dispose of it or they do um, where they keep it. And once a year, all of the miscarriages, all the families can come together and they have one big ceremony and they cremate them. And, but you have a ceremony for the baby. And I said, no, I don't want to go with a bunch of people. I don't even know. Um, and what I said, what am I supposed to do with them? What am I like, what do people do with their baby? Like, do they bury it in their backyard? And then like, and then when you move, you leave him. Like, or do you go dig them back up and move them to your next location? I said, no, I, I don't know. I said, just, just dispose of them, take care of them. And, um, so he said, okay. And, uh, I went through the, through the DNC. I remember waking up 
And, um, of course I was just crying the whole time. Um, when I went under and woke up crying, um, I came out of it and I just had tears streaming on my face. I couldn't even talk yet. Um, my throat was still sore from the, um, the tube they had down my throat and I couldn't even, I hadn't even talked. I just was just crying knowing that it was gone. Um, it was done and over with. And so they prescribed me some medication, of course, um, to help with the pain. And, um, that started the whole new journey. This was Friday. Um, Easter was on Sunday and, um, I didn't want to take the medication. I was just not on the, I wasn't at the right state of mind. I was so, um, hurt because I thought this one was the one and I was, it was just rough. And so, um, I was at the point I wasn't taking my medication because, um, this is crazy sounding now, but at the time I wanted to be in the pain because that was the last that I had of my baby. Um, I, that was the last feelings I had of him. And I knew once the pain was gone, the memories was gone, it was done and over with. And that was my last hold on to was the pain I was in. Um, so I, that was a whole thing. So the whole, you know, get it done and over with and I was going to be done was did not work <laughs> um and so um the doctor told me that he said once I got in there he said there was hardly nothing there he said you had already passed everything um he said we cleaned out what was there but the baby was already gone and so I had already passed him at home at some point um I did not even realize I did um probably because I wasn't looking for it because I was having a DNC um so that is, um, we are still, that was three months ago. Um, that was April 8th, four months ago. That was April 8th. And, um, as of today, I guess. And, um, we are still, we had, we waited two cycles and I'm still waiting on another cycle to start treatment again, to do it all over again. Um, so, um, I did write a couple things on it and I'm running out of time. Um, one of the things is I felt and I'm getting better, but feeling bad for being happy. Like I felt like I shouldn't be happy. I, I felt bad when I laughed because I shouldn't be happy. Like I should be in mourning or something. I don't know. Um, I never knew that there was testing that could be done after the DNC, um, until listening to this podcast. So that's one thing I am very grateful for. My doctor never mentioned it to me. Um, and then listening to one of the shows where the ER was talking, um, she said something about as long as there was still tissue, he said, I passed the baby, but there was still tissue. Um, again, that was never mentioned to me. So I never knew that that could be done, um, or I would have had it done. Um, of course I blame myself for all of them. And one of the things that I wish, you know, was different was that miscarriages are not talked about. Like I said, I did not know anyone had a miscarriage around me. Um, I didn't know until the third miscarriage that my grandma on my mom's side had a miscarriage. And until my fourth miscarriage, I did not realize that my grandma on my dad's side had a miscarriage. Um, so just... It's, it's not talked about and I wish it was talked about more. And so that's why I wanted to come on here and tell, um, my story. And, um, I remember my first time going grocery shopping and I was so, you just feel so lonely and lost. Like you feel empty inside. 
and I was at the grocery store and I just lost it. Um, no reason whatsoever. I just lost it. And usually when I do that, it's for the rest of the night. Like I have some bad days. Um, my doctor, after three weeks, I went back to the doctor for a, I think it was just a, a welfare checkup is what I told my husband. Um, he wanted me to see, um, to see someone, talk to someone, um, a, a grievance counselor. And of course I did not, um, uh, I still feel like it would be a good idea. I've heard a lot of people say on here that it helped and I think it would because you can be yourself and talk about it and you're not judged and to be able to tell how you really feel because I haven't even shared with my husband how I really feel. Um, my pastor's wife has went through many miscarriages and she told me I could talk to her anytime. But again, I feel like as a spiritual leader, like I don't want to open myself up and tell exactly how I feel. Um, so I haven't, I still feel like it's a good idea because like I said, I have some really bad days, but, um, I just try to keep busy. And, uh, so that's it. Thank you so much for doing this. And all of your feelings are extremely relatable. Uh, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, take as long as you need to grieve. Don't let anyone um, tell you when you're done and when to stop um, until you are done or you want to. Um, and don't let people decide for you what you should do or when you should do it. Um, I know a lot of people have, you know, mentioned, have you thought about adopting? Have you thought about doing this, getting a surrogate? Um, and I want to say, have you thought about the price? <laughs> um, but that just be, be yourself and do what you need to do. And like I said, take as long as you need and you do you and don't let anyone make decisions for you or push you where you feel like you have to do something that you don't want to do. Um, don't stop until you're done. Absolutely. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, Instagram is fine. It is private, but if you message me, um, and just let me know who you are and why you're, you know, wanting to friend me, I will absolutely accept their friend request. Um, I don't post, I have never shared my, like I said, it's my first time sharing my whole story. So, um, I don't post on there about the miscarriage. Um, I don't actually post a whole lot, but if you want to talk, that is where the, um, the best reach me at. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this this morning. We really appreciate you and best of luck moving forward. You'll have to keep us posted. Thank you so much. Yes. We'll, we'll chat soon. You. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam. You guys, we're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.